When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hot D, the officially unofficial podcast for House of the Dragon on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode six, The Princess and the Queen. Aaron, which side are you on? The princess or the queen? I guess right now I'm on I'm on the team princess. She oh, seems yeah. the least objectionable. But like I, I also understand where Allison's coming from. Like, I think she's having a rational reaction to her life events thus far. It's just, boy, her and Sir Kristen Cole are just the worst sort of, you know, festering open sores of resentment and 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 wounded pride. And and then in, in Allison's case, a real a very real sense that these fucking Targaryens are going to kill them all. Um but yeah, what about you? Are you uh, are you on to princess or the queen side here? Oh, definitely princess. Um, I, I I think yeah, the queen with with like few exceptions has really bothered me this episode. Um, yeah, they've they've really done a one eighty on her because I liked her a lot coming out of the the younger uh, phase of these actors, but now here we are, and I kind of hate most everybody. In the show, everybody who's alive, anyway. Mm. Uh, Viserys might be the Viserys and Rhaenyra, I guess, are the exceptions. So yes, I'm definitely on Team Princess. Yeah, the death death of Lionel and Harwin Strong. I mean, those are the last yeah. chads of Westeros, man. There ain't not but in <laughs> bitter incels and fucking soulless fuckboys left in the kingdom. I don't know what mm-hmm. we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know. This, we might need is there a wheel. Is there a leal servant left in the land that can that can put their hand on this rudder and, and right this ship? I I don't know. I mean, is Laris leal? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It depends I, on your I, definition of leal, I that's, suppose. That's that's true. My I don't think my definition of leal encompasses uh his presentation of it, but uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, what 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 are you gonna do? Um what did you think of this episode now that you've seen it a few more times and had time to reflect? Because I know you were kind of like maybe a little unsure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just such a, like a game changer, right? Uh, to, right? to use just like the most overused term. Um, but we jump ahead like 10, 12, at least a decade. Um, all these characters are now portrayed by different actors. Uh, we have to catch up to... To be fair, a board that has not changed much, it doesn't seem. Um, right. We kind of pick up. It's, it's amazing how we pick up 10 years later, and it's basically the same as it has been, uh, or, or as Just, we left it at the end of last the episode. Things have, the trends have continued to go going and, and gotten worse in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Everywhere from Viserys's health to Alicent and Rhaenyra's relationship. Yeah, it's just deteriorated is what you would say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm happy to see, like I mentioned in the instant take, the story kind of spreading out a bit. I think we're going to have a lot of new geography um, and a lot of new locations and seats of power. And that should be super interesting. So I, I don't know. I, I really like this episode. I, I think they... Despite not liking some of these characters, I think the characterization of them is very strong. And so I'm I'm in for it. Yeah, I was surprised to see um, some prominent voices that were really up in arms about the time jump and about the cast change and about the fact that, you know, felt like we barely got to know Harwin and his relationship with the Rhaenyra and Lena mm-hmm. and her relationship with Damon and then they're dead and you know, like uh, I, we miss the we miss the characters of the old princess and the old queen, even though they're in a very real sense, the same character just portrayed mm-hmm. by different actors. Um, so I like because I, I thought, um, you know, again, I'm, I've read Fire and Blood and I'm more come away impressed that they're able to tell the story. And like, I'm impressed that they went and spent five whole episodes kind of showing the backstory and why these people became the way they are and what is motivating them. And, you know, give a sense of the betrayals and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I surprised that a lot of people are saying that they didn't like it. Um, uh, I did an informal poll on the bald move Twitter and I asked people, uh, how are we feeling about the latest time jump and character continuity on hot D? That was the question. And 51% of the bald move audience, we had over 500 people. So it's pretty representative size, uh, said they loved it and it felt seamless. 43% says it's okay, but they missed the old cast. And just, uh, just 5% said that, uh, boo, I feel lost. So it's a minority okay. that's, but there is a there is a sizable now. A lot of people in comments kind of like shaded things like I probably more towards the the awesome, but I do miss the old cast, and I think that's of a fair. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something fair that we can we can take away from it. But I, you know, the, the overwhelming majority of the people are like uh, good to okay or great to good with it, and I think as we if if I think things are going the way they're going to go. In upcoming weeks, the the concern over this particular episode and the time jump is going to just fall by the wayside because in a lot of ways, these relationships that are, you know, I'm not going to say they're not important. They yielded children. Uh, they've had impact on the characters, but they are, they're, they're transitional phases of these people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before before the, the, the claws and the fangs come out, you know. So sure. I thought it was great. I love seeing more dragons. Uh, I love seeing Vagar, like a truly huge mm. dragon. We've never really seen a full-grown battle dragon. And this is an old cranky one, but my God, uh, just how immense it is and what an engine of war it is. Mm-hmm. I, loved, I loved all that stuff. Um, and I thought they did, again, a great job tossing the ball a decade into the future and having, for the most part, everything track pretty clean. Yeah. Um, there's quibbles I have, but like they're just very minor complaints and mostly stylistic choices that I, I think are defensible from the show's runner's perspective. So, yeah, yeah. I, I thought this was one of the last tests for the show um, until we get to the finale and see whether they can kind of end things on uh, a rousing conclusion that all f- so feels like a, it's, it's people are going to want more and exactly where they're going to end that. 
Um, I, I think this is, I think the show passed the, the last of the significant season one tests and we'll see, we'll see whether the rest of it's engaging. Yeah. All my complaints are really, I don't like this character and not, not because <laughs> right. they're a bad character, but they're evil or yeah. I think they're petty or they yeah, make bad yeah, yeah. decisions. But all of that is so, uh, it, you know, it's what makes the show interesting is yeah. there are a lot of characters to not like and a lot of characters who I don't agree with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying it. Are we about ready to get into the recap? Yeah, before before we do, I could uh, maybe before we get to the, the break, we could talk the, because uh, I know people are going to ask about it, the changes to the intro. You probably are already skipping this. I imagine a lot uh-huh. of people are. But as I predicted, they're using this as a scoreboard of sorts to kind of like uh, keep track of the family tree as it continues. Uh, the, the big changes this week are Rhaenyra is getting some paths of blood from from her sigil at this point, And Damon is now on the board. His sigil is his goofy looking uh, dragon knight helmet <laughs> okay. with the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 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 issuing forth its own rivers of Targaryen blood. Uh, so I thought that was cool. And again, you know, that's the coolest thing they can do with this kind of odd choice of, of, of intros for Game of Thrones. Um, I, I really felt like people could have used the map when we're darting from Pintos to the Stepstones to King's Landing to, you know, like mm-hmm. the kind of, but, but I don't know. Um, and then, and as things progress, I imagine that's going to be more and more important. I, I wonder if they'll stick to this blood map. Uh, family tree in future seasons or if that's something that they might be willing to tweak I don't know I I would guess not uh, that, that they wouldn't want to tweak it that they would just stick with it you know they had a, a concept they had an idea mm. yeah fans haven't reacted to it in the best way at least I, I don't think they have um, But and I will say that if this I becomes a know. Targaryen if this becomes a true Targaryen uh, anthology where we're going to jump around and tell like two or three different periods of interesting Targaryen lore, that might get cool. Like if they continue to hmm. you know start with Aegon and just down like the waterfalling of the blood, all it that 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 might be kind. Of, but it also get crazy. I mean, once you're trying to get like twenty generations of Targaryens on this thing, it's gonna <laughs> the thing's gonna have to be five minutes long unless they just really move. <laughs> Move through those first few levels. And if they jump back another couple hundred years or something, what do they do with the intermediate uh, generations? Do they skip over mm. them? Do they? No, nah, I think you'd have to just run like the blood all the way through. Yeah, I mean, we're running the blood from Aegon down. Now, we only have about 100 getting going on 120 years of Targaryen history to uh, account for. And if we, you know, go into the Blackfire Rebellion, you're going to add another 100 years. If you go to Duncan, you know, uh, th- th- there's... If you do Robert's Rebellion, you're going to add another, you know, 150 years on top of that. So, like, mm-hmm. it might get crazy, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of secretly hope that they go back to the map. I, I I think, you know, update update the trappings, update the uh, Celestial Orrery or whatever the hell that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- th- thing, the, the overarching kind of mechanism of the map. Update that a little bit, make it nicer, but... Yeah, I want to bop around Westeros and see where we're going. I want to see, you know, we had we're at Heron Hall, we were at the Vale mm-hmm. last week, we're at King's Landing, we're at Pintos. Like it'd be nice to the ground 
you know, like I had the questions like Pintos, where the fuck is that? Where is that in relation to the Stepstones? Is that like, are they hemmed in by the Stepstones? I would have. Yeah. No, Dragonstone, I mean, Driftmark, like all those places would have been nice to see. Yes. Yes, it would have. And you would have those questions about like, oh, where are all the jet packing? It's like, dude, it's literally <laughs> across the street, so to speak. You know, like, yeah, I it would I, help I, sell I kinda, the importance of the Stepstones, I think. Um, in a lot of ways, too. yeah, because you could see how it kind of literally partitions off like the south of Essos from the the western part of Essos and kind of cuts cuts the 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 trade lanes in half and mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, other than that, other than kind of uh, relitigating the the credit sequence, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the episode. There's still lots of hot D left to talk about. We'll be right back after the break. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. Well, some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. And now, back to Hot D. All right, we start off with Rhaenyra giving birth to a boy. The queen asks to have the baby brought to her, and Lenor helps Rhaenyra up to the queen's chambers. Uh, in her chambers, Viserys visits the baby. Lenor names the baby Joffrey, which annoys Rhaenyra. What a badass Rhaenyra is. She uh, mm-hmm. pushes out this kid and within seconds is climbing multiple steps of stairs to go present her bastard, latest bastard to the queen. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, because they keep on making this theme that the the birthing bed is a woman's battlefield. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many top 10 debates I've seen over best Westerosi swordsmen over the years? How many panels <laughs> I've seen at conventions? <laughs> okay. Where... Uh are the top five most powerful wombs. I want to know. I want to oh, know who's boy. got who's got the genuine Valerian steel birth canal that can just, and I, 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 there's a spoiler, it's Alisane Targaryen. 13 kids over 29 years. <laughs> Damn. Greatest of all time. I was going to say, it's uh, definitely not Lena. It's not Emma. No, and, well, you know, there's uh, it's it's not the size of the fight and the dog. It's the dog in a fight. And I, I don't know something. Uh, yeah, but yeah. It, it gets uncomfortable. We start talking about, you know, I just that's uh, so weak womb. Woman died in childbirth. What are you going to do? You know, career cut short. Uh, I don't know if that's a good look, <laughs> but uh, if you want to nominate yeah. uh, runners up to Alisane Targaryen, hot D at baldmove.com, we can have uh, <laughs> uh, an impromptu womb off in the. Sure. Uh, Wumo a Wumo uh, in the feedback section. And uh, two men will preside over it. And this Mm -hmm. is entirely not problematic and super fun. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, she's a she, and they they just really showed like, I mean, it's like they're trying to get her dressed. She's like, well, nope, afterbirth coming. Mm-hmm. Squeeze that out, and then she's oh, this she's is a just, Game of Thrones birth uh, all oh. the way, right? Like it's it's as visceral and gory as you can expect from this. Yeah, universe. like they haven't even cut the cord. Like they show her coming out of the confrontation, and she's literally uh, leaving a trail of blood, which I think. Mm-hmm is kind of evocative of the credit sequence. There we know? go. Change the credit sequence to that. Just a bunch of Targaryens <laughs> I just walking around, bleeding Targaryen on the floor. Targaryen women walking around the Red Keep, uh-huh. leaving their trails of blood, connecting to their... Tra- yeah, yeah. Perfect. That True. That's that's another fun tweak we've got for the show. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so I'm... So do you, do you have any uh, thoughts? We, we covered this in the instant take, but I also know that a lot of people don't, you know, will listen to the instant take because, hey, the full one's coming out in just a couple days. Uh, did you have any thoughts on why Alicent wanted the baby the second it dropped? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, new it, baby dropping. I, uh, I think it's clear at this point that she's like checking to see if this is a Targaryen baby or if this is a Harwin baby. I noticed that she had summoned the king to her chamber so he would arrive approximately the same time the mm-hmm. baby does. And I'm almost certain that she just want to be like, see, see, brown hair, brown hair, because that's the first thing she did. She pulled back that kid's cap and like fucking yeah. brown hair, yeah. fucking brown hair. I knew it. I, I don't think there was any physical threat here because um, because like I said, in the instant take, she's already got two kids. There was there was no foul play with them. So and I, I, don't and think I the queen the, is going to drop this one, but. After multiple watches, I, I don't think it was a physical threat. I think it's mm-hmm. like later on when Lenor says, wait, we're leaving. I thought we want to keep Allison from pouring honeyed words into your father's ear. I think what she didn't want to happen was the baby to be presented. And she goes on her look at his bastard tirade mm-hmm. to Viserys. She wanted to be there so that it would head that, all that off. And it kind of did. Allison got in the little dig about keep trying, Sir Lenor eventually one will look like you yeah all um, out on this war i mean if if you wanted to like put a stamp on where allison is at this point yeah she's still looking for the way to undermine rhaenyra um and point of fact you know i, I you look good look these are harwin's kids or i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mm-hmm. i'm not gonna front but point of fact uh, to viserys's uh uh favor Someone, some, some geneticist on r slash uh, House of the Dragon drew out the Punnett squares, putting in Oros Baratheon in the family tree that leads to uh, Rhaenyra, and putting in I forget who the 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 black haired brown haired person was on Corlys' side. The kind of and if you do the third three or four generations in the Punnett squares, like it's entirely plausible if not probable that sh- that 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 uh, they could have three brown haired children in a row uh just the way the okay. recessive and dominant alleles work in those situations so, so someone did the punnett squares and it's not it's 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 not unheard of although i will say these kids look a lot like harwin i mean they got this, the same like kind of olive skin coloration the hairstyle it's it's they're very very strong looking children is it possible that the first, the oldest of these children is Sir Kristen Coles? Does that time work out? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I honestly it, it, don't it know. It depends on how fast that marriage happened. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah, and I, 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 that's the one thing I didn't go back and actually add the dates up because um, they did cover about it felt like to me like three or four years of kind of like book kind of details and anecdotes in this one episode um, and kind of move things around so everything kind of lines up at this most interesting because you know they're hmm. they're essentially okay. saying well the last ten or fifteen years were the same as the you know it's like mm-hmm. uh, Allison just kept on getting more bitter and more puritanical Kristen Cole got even more uh, bitter and butt hurt. And Rhaenyra was against this backdrop, just still trying to YOLO like her uncle. Like, I'm just going to fuck who Mm -hmm. I want. That was the deal. I got the marriage. I got the heirs. And not... I I wonder, because... I I wonder if Rhaenyra regrets any of this now. That she wasn't a little bit more circumspect in how she conducted these love affairs. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely tipping her hand. Having three brown-haired children, I think, is is uh, kind of eyebrow-raising, regardless yeah. of how many times you want to look at the punted squares. Um, yeah, especially since there's no geneticist in Westeros as of yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody can look at that. As, as Lionel says later, people have eyes, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she... I don't know if she regrets it necessarily, but... I think she realizes it was a mistake, especially since it seems like everything's kind of breaking loose. Like, uh, I don't know how careful they were before, but like here, Harwin is not super careful about he's not exactly Jamie-esque in his ability to shut off his fatherly feelings towards his bastard children. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got uh, you've got um, uh, Lanor finally getting around to nominating his boyfriend as the kid. So it's like it feels like as Rhaenyra is kind of awaking to the threat, everyone around her is like getting very sloppy and mm-hmm. it, it's causing her to have a lot of stress. I thought that was an interesting detail. Um, yeah. Naming this kid Joffrey. It's, it's funny. You know, you definitely can't name the firstborn Joffrey. I yeah. think you probably need a backup heir that's not named Joffrey, but number three, I can name that one. Joffrey. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the the mental calculus that he put into it. But it's just everything's kind of like stacking up, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder about Viserys because Viserys is genuinely overjoyed at the healthy birth of another son. Uh, mm-hmm. He thinks it's just like he's just got the one arm. He's cradling it. And he's like, oh, you're going to be strong. You're going to be a fierce knight. Oh, yes. And he just clearly dotes over these children. And like I it was painful to watch throughout the episode his hopes of you know everybody we're one house we're one family and we're going to get together and even if the mothers are kind of at odds like i've got this strategy to get these boys you know together and be fast friends and it just all goes to shit and by the end of the episode he's weeping over his dead wife's ring and one you know ama where did it all go wrong mm-hmm. um yeah poor <laughs> poor poor viserys yeah i mean he's still alive which is sort of surprising for another 10 years here he's looking awful though i mean as as you pointed out in the instant take he's lost his entire left arm um he can't walk very fast or very far he has to be coddled quite a bit so yeah i his face his face is aged 30 40 years and yeah. 10 his teeth are kind of like gone gone rotten and his hair is falling mm-hmm. out it's it's uh, it's not a good look. Um, no. Speaking of changing looks, many people pointed out that uh, 
you know, now we see the king's bedchambers. Uh, Allison has gotten rid of all those erotic tapestries and paintings and mosaics, and now they're all tasteful tile patterns. Uh, Travis, she's really, really got the faith of the seven. Uh, she's really into chastity and purity and uprightness and and moral rectitude. Now that's what she's clinging to. Sure, why not? I. Uh, and I mentioned it also in Instant Cast. I thought it was, it was good growth from Rhaenyra that like I feel like Rhaenyra 10 years ago in this circumstance would have bitten the head off of any lord that had the thoughtlessness to congratulate her in, in this state. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, you know, she's got the Lord Caswell here, who's a who's a minor lord in, in the, the reach. And he's offering congratulations and service. And she, I think, as gracefully as she can in the condition she's in, accepts it and is not a, mm-hmm. a complete complete dick to him. So I think that's a little bit of growth in leadership here. Uh, the other bit of information we get catching us up is that Kristen is still alive and he is serving as Allison's Kingsguard. And the look exchanged between him and Lanor. Like mm-hmm. I, I said I was going to watch and it's like, yeah, there's there's very definitely, hey, I killed your boyfriend. Yeah, I haven't forgot, fucker. Uh mm-hmm. bad blood. Bad blood between in this household. And you stole my girlfriend, that thing too. That's well Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know there's any of that because I don't I don't think he thinks he's had these he's put a finger on his girlfriend, but Well he's, I he's, mean, he's got that he's got that beef. He's got that beef with uh Harwin. And boy, he, what a he lot stole of stole the relationship part of it for sure. Uh, True. Kristen True. desperately wanted that and didn't get it because of. And I guess also, I, I guess he might blame like not that he had sex with her necessarily, but more of like if it weren't for you, uh-huh. we could have had our little daily dalliance. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. But I don't know if that's enough. Like, I don't know if that was that would ever be enough for Sir Kristen. I think that he he wanted to make this dishonorable thing he did honorable by essentially marrying the girl and yeah. that just wasn't ever going to fly what a, what a, what a, what an idiot what an idiot uh there is a hilarious line in this we talked about how this show doesn't have much comedy but Rhaenyra saying i think i call the midwife a cunt is pretty mm-hmm. freaking funny <laughs> yeah yeah when when the serious asked her if it, i hope it was wasn't too difficult to labor uh-huh. like yeah yeah, I, I like both the fact that she called her that and the fact that uh, she can't quite remember as well. Mm-hmm. It's like there's yeah, actually pretty, there's actually it. a lot of fun. I think sneaky, funny lines like Damon's got a good burn about uh, uh, Sir Laner. Allison gets her licks in here. I still mm-hmm. I, I thought it was the, Allison's hesitation before she calls Rhaenyra's children plain face sons because she, <laughs> she clearly wants to say something extremely unkind and probably obscene. But she's basked in the light of the seven, and that's unbecoming. The mother, mm-hmm. the mother, and the father wouldn't want her saying that kind of stuff, Jim. So, yeah, Kristen will say it for her. Uh, all right, Harwin holds his new son Joffrey for the first time, and we see that he and Rhaenyra already have two other children together, though the children don't know that he's their father. At least they're not certain but, of it. But by the end yet, of the episode, don't... hmm. There'll be some suspicions before the episode's over. Um, yeah. These boys join. So joining Joffrey is her eldest, Jaceris, um, who they will be frequently called Jace, uh, and Luceris, mm. who will be called uh, Luke. Jace um, and Luke. Okay. And I like. I like the. I, I. I don't know. I thought this was a cute scene. These boys, you know, like fussing over this egg and saying they'd picked one that's special for the brother and. 
Um, I thought I thought it was cute. And Lenor playing his part and ushering the kids so that, you know, the baby mama and the baby daddy can can spend some time together. And, mm-hmm. you know, him giving the kind of look to Harwin of like, yeah, this is all cool. Uh, it's yeah, it's this is a, a successful, a bearded relationship, as you could probably. Uh, well, other than the unfortunate Punnett Square part of it, uh, <laughs> right, it's about right. the most successfully and, and happily and contented bearded relationship uh, I've uh, you can you can hope for in Westeros. Mm hmm. All right, let's head over to the dragon pit where Jaceris learns how to train his baby dragon. Then the dragonless Aemond is given a surprise by his brother and and nephews. What is what is their relationship, the kids? They're- so it's the grandchildren of Alicent. So they would be half nephews? The grandchildren of Alicent. Well, no, the grandchildren the of Viserys and, and by marriage, Alicent. What? Right? Because Rhaenyra is the daughter of Oh, right, because she's now her mother. Right, Right. yes. So they're... Step-uncles? Are they? (laughs) I don't... I don't... Honestly, I don't fucking know. Uh, Once removed? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, I I don't know the terms Cousin, half-brothers? I'm not... No, no, they're not half-brothers. They would be half-cousins? Half uncles, half half very uncles weird. sounds right. Yeah, there's some like it's, it's uncle nephew ish relationship going on when, here. When when the family tree has as few branches as the Targaryens did, it gets it gets it gets weird. It gets weird. Yeah. Um. It, anyway, it turns out to be a pig dressed up like a dragon, and then afterward, Aemon ventures into the area beneath the dragon pit where he encounters a dragon and runs. Oh, because it's terrifying. Uh, I thought it was this is kind of a cool scene. Uh, Jace is being bonded to his dragon and like he's he's excited and he's confident. But still, when like Vermax, his dragon kind of uh, gets feisty, it's still scary. And the dragon master is there to like make sure he doesn't retreat, show weakness in front of the 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 dragon. Um, and uh, I like the detail of like the old oldest dragon master is just all fucked up. He's got like rips and tears and burn marks on his face because this is a yeah. this is a dangerous profession, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also they established the Aegon, the the eldest of the boys of Viserys, and uh, Alicent is already got a dragon, Sunfire, mm-hmm. uh, which we haven't seen. I'm excited to see it though, uh, because according to Archmaester Gildan in the fire and blood book it's the most beautiful dragon the world has ever known and it breathes golden fire mm. uh i don't think we've ever seen other than the zombie ice dragon version uh anything any other than just like conventional fire breathing but like canonically yeah. like balerion uh breathed black fire black flames um that's would be wild to see and the guy breathes uh golden flames i'm, I'm kind of curious to see what what's the most beautiful dragon in Westeros look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, I I thought this was another very funny scene. Like this joke is mean, but it is funny. The the especially the nickname that they give this the pink dread. It's a pink, pink is, dread. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was I thought it was fun. It's a, it was also cool that like there doesn't seem to be any inherent animosity between the two factions of children here that, uh-huh. you know, they're like p- mutually playing a prank on Amond, who's kind of 
a little bit more of an introvert compared to the others and uh is a little bit more maybe maybe more mature um and thus thus picked on uh but there's not like you know hey we're beating up on the strong bastards versus the true born to yeah there it seems at this point they they more or less get along there's more there's more fighting mm-hmm. within the groups than there is without you know without the groups yeah, I think there's a part of, you know, the the theory of House of the Dragon here about like what the parents are putting on the children, right? Because left to their own devices, they'd probably be friends. Um but they're going to have all this baggage thrust upon them. Like Allison's doing her damnedest here to say don't be friends with these kids because right. they're going to they're going to eventually be your enemies. Well, why? Why? Right. They don't have to be. That's right. coming from the parents. No, it's sad. Uh, the other thing is, uh, well, I'll, I'll probably be talking about this in the Maester's Corner. There is an interesting connection between, or possible connection between this mysterious dragon we see at the in, in deep in the dragon pits that uh, Aemon goes to visit, and the main Game of Thrones uh, era, which uh, I'll, I'm going to tease now and talk about on Thursday. Uh, but it's okay. it's a lot of people are saying that this is probably going to be turn out to be the dragon Dreamfire. Uh, to give uh, you know maybe some book readers and some lore people some some insight on where I'm going with that, um, but yeah, we'll be talking about that on Thursday in the Maester's Corner. Sounds good. Uh, all right, let's go over to Aemond running back to his mother to report what the kids did to him. Allison then runs to Viserys to tell on his grandchildren and ends up being uh, bringing up the fact that Rhaenyra's kids look nothing like her. Viserys dismisses it with a dubious anecdote and tells her never to speak of it again. And afterwards, she vents to Kristen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Helena is looking at this centipede or millipede, and she is saying a bunch of stuff about it. And there is some, uh, you know, we've, we've introduced, there's been a lot of Targaryen dreamers and people that have prophetic gifts and people are wondering if there's uh, there's there's a lot to talk about. Probably again, we'll get to this in the the, the lore part of the next podcast. But uh, uh, some people are wondering if this is uh, you know a, a far-reaching prophecy because she says the last ring has no legs. If that's a veiled uh, hint towards Bran the Broken, hmm. you know, okay. like if there is some kind of you know the bands generations of kings and and hmm. people that hold the Iron Throne, including all you know not just the main sequence but all the different rebellions and stuff. If like got to do the math on that and see if it adds up but i think that's an interesting detail and then you know all the other things she's muttering we'll we'll keep an eye on to see if there's any fulfillments uh that the, the line up um because it seems like that's they're definitely going somewhere with this targaryen mysticism mm-hmm. i'm looking at this scene with allison and viserys and i'm trying to figure out how much viserys realizes allison's goals and i think the answer is zero um, when she brings this up, Viserys acts like it's more concern for, you know, the lineage. But clearly, like when, when Viserys says, like, the consequences of your accusation would be dire, that's what she wants. It's exactly what she wants is dire consequences for Rhaenyra yeah. and her children. So, yeah. but, but I don't think Viserys realizes that at all. No, I think he is dismissive of Alicent. Um, mm-hmm. He is, you know, thinks that this is just a woman uh, overacting over nothing and, and causing problems for nothing. And But he's also vexed because he clearly has a hard time saying no to her. 
You know, she has continued to wrap him around her little finger to the point that she can be insolent and dismissive, uh, insulting back to him. And all he can do is like, oh, my queen, no, don't, eh." you know, he's he's powerless. (laughs) Yeah, I I was looking on second watch through this um, to see what I thought might happen if Rhaenyra hadn't been here for 10 years. If, you know, the pouring of honey into Viserys' ear by Alicent Mm -hmm. would have had any real effect and I come away with, I don't know, because I, I think Viserys is fairly strong willed sometimes and other times he's like just willing to listen to whatever anybody around him says. So like, but would he be strong enough to withstand a years long onslaught of the queen just steadily, not just the honey, but the yeah. vinegar too. you know, here's the one, the one thing I wish we had seen in this episode is sort of Rhaenyra's defense of this Rhaenyra whispering back. Because Allison gets all the opportunities to whisper, as far as I can tell. But Rhaenyra, I know she does in the small council uh, meeting, uh, put up a little bit of a she fight. Attacks her but with she attacks substance. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to see the private moments is, is really what it comes down to, because I feel like that's where you do most of your swaying. Uh, but what is so let me ask you this. What what would be that attack? Because I think the thing that I understand about Allison is she has put herself above reproach. I mean, you could talk about uh-huh. old history like, well, you took in Sir Kristen Cole and he beat the fuck out of this dude for no good reason. And she could come back with like, well, you know, the mother's merciful. But like mm-hmm. she is living like not all of her children are manifestly Viserys's children. <laughs> sure. You know, they are Targaryen with a capital T, mm-hmm. um, even though they should be less Valerian than Rhaenyra and and uh, Lenor's kids. And it's pretty easy to says. prove to yourself that you've been sleeping with your bride. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know what I don't know what she says that would like affect that. The, the, what what whisper could she say about Alicent? You know, she's, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't like to target. She doesn't like the dragon porn stuff. Yeah, you know, like I, most of That's the stuff I mean. that she could yeah. say are not things that would work. They might they might appeal to someone like Damon. Like she could say she could talk shit in a way that might appeal to people mm-hmm. like Damon. But like for the people of the realm who are all largely faith of the seven faith of the seven adjacent like the Targaryens are just weird man and they're not kind of natively on their side yeah no totally um you might be able to make unfavorable comparisons to Amma I think that would work pretty well with Viserys uh he seems to be holding mm. a, a candle oh for you're her. saying actually direct to the king I thought she was you were you yeah. were talking a whisper as you're talking about the way the court would whisper about Rhaenyra's no children. no okay, I, I want to okay. see the honey she's pouring in his other ear um yeah is is what I'm getting at here uh, that you I couldn't say do that, from Dragonstone. I will say that you can maybe attack Allison's kids and just how like okay, well her mother is so righteous. Why is uh, Aegon jerking it out the seven story window of the Red Keep? You know, sure. Yeah. Why Why are the small folk getting getting dragon seed all over them uh, at at mm-hmm. noon? Uh, yeah. I, I but like I just I don't know because like. Viserys loves his grandkids. I don't know. Talking shit about him would help. Totally. Yeah, that's what I mean. It seems I, like I just she... want to see like the defense she's been mounting, other than small council stuff, because well, e- everybody also... does that in the small council. And also, like the other thing, I thought they did really good in the time jump is when Lainor is like escorting her from the birthing chamber to the queen's chamber. There, he's saying like, "I thought we were past this. Like, there's been periods of." <laughs> Them uh-huh. have coming up with an understanding with Allison and then, you know, Allison kind of buy because it sounds like she pushed this and the king said, I don't want to hear about this anymore. 
So she has to have another inciting event and here another brown haired bastard is the perfect one. So she's back on. I, I think you're supposed to understand that she's she's never stopped privately, mm-hmm. but publicly she's back on her bullshit. Yeah. In a big way. Yeah. And I, I look at. Um, I, I guess let's go over to that scene where Allison catches Aegon in a very compromising position, like you said, jerking it out the, the keep window there. Uh, sets him straight about his relationship with his brother, Rhaenyra's children, and the realm. Because um, he does not, she she does not seem to have done anything yet to really prepare him for uh, what she hopes will be his rise to power. I Or what she expects will be, you know, the realm pushing him to that. Like, this almost feels like a first conversation they've had about this. Because... It yes, sort of seems to catch him by surprise. Yeah. 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 He's either I, really dumb. Well, I mean, and like, yeah, like, and he's a kid. Uh, I, I get it. I, I would have right. ignored what my parents said too. At that Sometimes age. you got to tell them a time or 10 before that they get it. But like, no, totally. the, the way he is just like completely flat footed by, she's like, well, you do understand that she could move to block off any challenge to her. And he's like, well, I just won't challenge it. And she's like, Psh, fool. Yeah. Just by living, living and breathing, you are a challenge. Um, he, he should already know this, right? Um, and that's the thing that felt a little bit weird in this scene to me. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what, why she decided right now is the time to start listening to her dad and training Aegon to take command. Um, is it that, that she thought that, like, the king would eventually see reason and with three black, you know, and he's going on this, oh, well, you know, I had a black bear yeah. and a silver stallion. It was a chestnut that she's like, well, he's just not. And, and like that, 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 that catty little bitch session she has with Sir Kristen, where he's just feeding in her and he's, oh, your father, no, your father knows my queen. Mm-hmm. And he makes excuses for her because she's brazen and relentless. Um, I mean, <laughs> she right. asked you to have sex one time. I don't know if that's relentless, dude. <laughs> yeah. She she played she played keep away with your helmet for like ten seconds, and then you were boning. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. But uh, no, I I don't I don't know. And again, the contrast between how hyper fixated she is in correctness and decency with like Sir Kristen Cole, he can't even call Rhaenyra uh, a spoiled cunt without being mm-hmm. corrected, and then Aegon here, you know, being in the and his mom, mom doesn't even bat an eye. Yeah. Uh, but get yeah. Dressed. And he's like, that's the other thing. It's like, there's also elements of, because uh, like, I think Viserys knows, like, you know, when she says, uh, you're uh, the boys bullied a- Aemon, and he's like, oh, probably Aegon put him up to it, huh? Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? No, it's those, 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 those uh, uh, kids of Rhaenyra's is doing it all, but it's, it's Aegon. Um, yeah, but then she goes to, to Aegon and is is full of you know fire here because I think she realizes sure. yeah he was an instigator and, and it it lends some credence to the idea later in the episode where Laris is like oh well you would certainly give a little bit of leeway to your kids and she's like no I wouldn't and mm. and I kind of believe that because when you know Viserys brings up hey it might have been Aegon she's like yeah. oh yeah it probably was Aegon let me go roast him yeah uh, so I uh, also, it's interesting that like they did a good job of sh- of kind of poising Aegon to where he's flat footed, but he's also not thought because like he couldn't even remember his cousin, nephew, half uncle's name. He's like, oh, you know, is Jason and 
the other one, like he's so incurious about <laughs> the guy and he's, they spend every day. They, they see each other every day and yeah. he hasn't bothered to learn the littler one's name, which and he's not like he's a baby. He's like, what, five or six? He's um, I thought that was kind of telling that, like, he's not evil, but he's very moldable. A lot of people were saying Joffrey. I think that's being pretty unfair to Aegon. Like, I don't know what he Joffrey like that, that Joffrey Lannister. Like, yeah, Joffrey <laughs> Lannister. Do people remember how shitty Joffrey Lannister was? How so? How shitty he started off as? Uh-huh. Like, I'm not saying he's. I mean, clearly, I don't think he's crossbowing sex workers levels of. But like, he's what? What has he done bad? He's bullied his younger brother. Holy shit! Holy yeah. shit! What psychopathic war criminal would bully a younger brother? <laughs> uh, and and okay, yeah, he jerked it out the balcony. That's that's stuff that you got. You got you got to redirect that energy in other places. But like, it's also something a, a fourteen year old weirdo would do. You know, it's sure. not it's not psychotic one. behavior. No. Whereas Joffrey was, you know, doing psychotic was was dissecting kittens alive. They talk yeah, about. I mean, the, Joffrey in that scenario would have made what's his name, Luke, J- Jace. Fuck the pig. Yeah, or or kill it and and like wear its skin or something like. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a totally different scenario with Joffrey yeah, there. It would have been scary. It wouldn't have been like you know hazing. It would it would have been scary and dehumanizing. Instead, yeah, of every just time like somebody's poking, mean yeah. to somebody, you can't just point a finger and say Joffrey. That's Joffrey right. was a true psychopath. Yes, a sociopath. Yeah. Uh, all of the above path. Yes, except for an empath. Yeah. <laughs> He wasn't that. The one thing we didn't talk about here is that Viserys is still working on his gigantic model, and it has grown. It is so big. Taking up his entire chambers. I mean, it's become his life. I I think it's representative of that, right? And and he's also like he's sitting and doing work now. Like it's Uh I think he always did that, but like he's got someone helping him. But he's also doing little details on his own. Yeah, it's like this is what he does, man. It's like. Old Valeria is damn near scale. Mo- like it's it's got this big old uh, stadium now and it's just sprawling. Yeah. Do they have records of what it actually looked like or is he kind of riffing? Surely. Do you think? Surely. I mean, this was like if Rome had exploded like mm-hmm. in the third century, like even if yeah. that had been true, like you'd have so many records and pictures and frescoes at the surround. Yeah. So like uh, all of Essos kind of still either fondly or less fondly remembers, you know, old Valeria. And um, it's funny that you bring up the, Rome the because there it. is like a, a scale model of Rome. I forget where it is, but it's in a museum somewhere and it's this gigantic room that's full. Uh, it has like this, this outer area where you can walk around it and just look is at it. Is it in Rome? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if that's the inspiration because yeah, it's, uh, it could be. They often say that like you're supposed to understand old Valeria is kind of like the Roman Empire in 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 how it just had a stranglehold over Essos. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay, let's move on to Damon and Lena. They get to ride some dragons together, and then they attend a feast at Pentos, where they're offered a castle, lands, and wealth in exchange for posting up their dragons in Pentos to defend against the Triarchy, who is apparently allied with Dorne. Lena wants to refuse, but Damon says, we'll consider it. 
Yeah, this is uh, Caraxes and Vagar putting on an air show over in Pintos. I, again, I was excited to see Vagar. We saw a little bit of her in the trailer, but just I just love how, like, lumbering and huge she is. Uh, I love, I don't know what's going on with her saddle. It looks like it's <laughs> yeah. a fishnet uh-huh. that they have thrown over her back and fat. But that, that might be kind of like the Valerian. You know, this is a more nautical kind of saddle. Yes, I think so. Because if you look at Damon's saddle, he's got a very strappy saddle. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's all a bunch mm-hmm. of buckles and leather straps and what you think of as like an actual saddle. And hers yeah. looks like it's attached with ropes, um, yeah. which gives it a very nautical vibe. I like how Vegar's wings are kind of tattered. There's some holes in it. She's got some battle damage. Uh, looks like her like her 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 skin is kind of thick and warty, and even in her facial features, there's almost like a beard. Like she's she's so old that she's kind of getting whiskery yeah. and stuff. I I saw it's a great design, and uh, golly golly, it'll be it's going to be it's going to be interesting if if they ever get her to, to, to take her into combat. I like Damon's uh, look mom though hands move here really trying to impress Lena this dragon well, riding skills like we said on the instant take there is red meat for the uh, Targaryen fireproof truthers out there he's because... obviously fireproof obviously he has to be this is dragon fire this isn't just like this this isn't like jumping through a campfire this is dragon fire man it melts hey castles Hmm. I've seen a man in a sequin jumpsuit pilot a motorcycle through a ring of fire and there was no Targaryen <laughs> sure. blood involved, Jim. I yeah. mean, and he was just as drunk as when I jumped through the campfire. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, 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 was, I was like, I don't know. Can you if you hold your breath? Can you go? But he didn't even get singed. It no, was nothing. It, yeah. It's yeah, it's pretty. I, I don't know how we got burnt by the fucking flaming arrow, but uh, maybe <laughs> maybe they're just impervious to dragon fire. There you go. Maybe that's what it is. Any dragon based psychic connection here. to their dragons and the dragon fire can't hurt them. Those candles, those candles that the uh, serious they dragon fat. Yeah. Dragon tallow candles. Mm-hmm. That's that's why dragon earwax. Able, there you go. They, they He's harvested able to, create candles. He's able to tank that damage just like uh, Damon tanked that fireball. Mm-hmm. There's still lots of hot D to talk about. We'll be back right after the break. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed. We still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. Mission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. 
Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. And now, back to Hot D. Uh, do you want to hear some stuff about Pintos? Not yet. I want to say oh. how hilarious it is. The, just like two episodes ago, I think, sure. Damon pulls this uh, flyby stuff on a boat, and it nearly capsizes the, the, the damn boat, like a huge sure. boat, the queen's boat. Or the, right. the the king's boat. Uh, and here he does a flyby on a couple of people and it doesn't even muss their hair, which people I found to be interesting. People aren't sailing vessels with giant sails to catch wind, but no, I thought maybe it should have knocked him over too. <laughs> Especially or, or, at least, this is the... or at least hit him with a, a blast of a fan or something, a yeah, gust of wind yeah, to really yeah. shake him around, but... This is the 747 of Dragons 2 doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about Pintos now. So we've seen Pintos before. Pintos is where Illyrio hosted the other Viserys Targaryen that we know, the the real shitter that was the elder brother of Daenerys. Uh, and oh, he yeah, gifted yeah. them the three eggs, and, and Cal Drogo re- rode up and decided if he wanted to take uh, uh, Danny as his broodmare. And uh, so that's we've we've already we've already been to Pintos once, and it's interesting that Pintos. Uh, this is a the Prince of Pintos. This is a show only figure, uh, Reg, Regio Haratus. Um, but the Prince of Pintos is this uh, position that's picked out by the Magisters of Pintos, who are the real ruling power. And uh, there's a largely a figurehead who does essentially officiates feasts and opens festivals and things like that. But hilariously, anytime Pinto suffers a f- setback, like a, a, a famine or if they lose an important battle in a war, the magisters drag the prince out and sacrifice him and be like, oh, look at this fucker hmm. almost ran us into ground. But we're going to we're, we're now going to pick a new prince and things are going to be better. So it's like they've got this permanent scapegoat. Yeah, but. Um, it's also the closest, uh, city in Essos to King's Landing. It's the, at the westernmost part of Essos, just across the narrow sea, which might explain their kind of cultural ties and why they kind of keep allying. Um, the other thing about Pentos is that they lost a major war against Bravos in the century prior. And part of that armistice treaty is they agreed to never have a standing army to never hire sell swords and to have no more than 20 warships because Bravos is like, we're never going to ha- do this shit again. So Pintos, even though it's very wealthy, it's also very vulnerable. And I felt like this was a clever way for the magisters to send their kind of decoy guy to float this offer. And it's not there. They're not hiring Damon. They're mm-hmm. just saying like, we want you to live in this fancy house. Yeah. And with your three huge dr- battle dragons, and it's not an army. It's not a. It's not a navy. No, it's just not you're just you're just you're just an honored guest. And you know if someone would come in to, to push our shit in, eh, maybe they'd have three dragons to deal with. But uh, Bravo, he didn't say nothing about that. I thought it's pr- kind of an interesting uh, political move for them uh, to shore up a bunch of, especially since their neighbors to the south 
Lise and Tyros and, and Mir are, are gearing up to do the Battle of the Stepstones part two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a it's a prudent move. I don't know if Damon's going to go for it. I still have no real indication by the end of this episode. Uh, is he more all- or less likely to do it now that the one person in his life who is saying it's a bad move is gone? Is he inspired yeah. now to live more like a dragon lord since she fucking went out like one? Totally. Or is he because, man, that we'll talk about this later. But the thing that really broke my heart is the fact that, like, he had nothing to comfort his daughters. Mm-hmm. Like, they're there an obvious need. And he just turns his back and walks away. Like, is he just going to completely abandon his his post here? He he might feel a call of duty. At some point. Mm with Rhaenyra getting mixed up in all this. That's that's what I'm wondering about. I'm, I'm looking at the time that they spent setting up, you know, young Rhaenyra and <laughs> I guess basically looking the same Damon. Um, uh-huh. And it, that all seemed to be just connecting them spiritually. Mm. And so I have to imagine when the shit hits the fan, Damon might come running to help Rhaenyra uh, is my guess here. And you know, not for nothing. They've both had their lovers killed and they were kind of hot for each other 10 years ago. So who knows what happens with that? But I can see him being called back to uh, Westeros by by that just loyalty to Rhaenyra. It does seem that fatherhood and maybe being married to Lena has changed him a little bit. Or maybe just a, a bit. And being being a little older and being kicked out of Westeros for real, real. Mm-hmm. as as because I you know like I, I think their in, relationship's interesting because she knows that he's not exact she's not exactly everything that he wanted but also think he genuinely crazy. loves and admires her mm-hmm. and like if they could just be fierce dragon riders 24 7 like he probably wouldn't have this ennui but since there's yeah. really no outlet I mean they're just doing like stunt shows uh for hire um like it kind of wears on him especially now that he's over in Essos and He's in these great libraries like we mentioned, like um, Essos would just have archive after archive, repository after repository about the old Valerian Empire and the way the Westeros, even at the Citadel, probably wouldn't. You know, all these primary sources and and he's clearly enjoying teaching his eldest daughter, who's already a dragon rider, Valerian and the histories and all that. But like he's also just, you know, he's got no outlet for wanting to be a dragon lord, you know? Mm hmm. Let me ask you this. There's um a scene, I think it's later on, uh, where Lena talks with her daughter who is, you know, sad about not having a dragon, trying to hatch this dragon egg. Is there any chance that she takes her mother's dragon? Because she's talking about like the weird, you know, situational ways that uh people can get dragons, right? And sure. her mother dying uh and leaving one of the biggest dragons and oldest dragons unridden i think would be a sort of roundabout way for her to fall into that i'd have to say mildly interesting all that but you know vagar does have a vacancy in her Mm -hmm. dragon riding slot so uh and they did yeah there was like i I guess you could see that is if if you're right you could say that's foreshadowing where her mom's like you know i was a dragonless person and didn't have anything until i took an interest in vagar and who knows what can happen with you like that could be something something interesting there um yeah i thought it was a cool like that the when we first met lena 
she was asking Viserys about Vagar and that she was kind of like whereabouts unknown, just kind of roaming the the. Uh, oh, is that the same the... dragon? So yeah. she found that dragon somewhere. She found that dragon, hunted it? down, and swung her swung her leg over it sometime wow. in the intervening years. I thought that was cool. That I thought like that might th- be the case, but I wasn't certain. Huh? Yeah, she's been obsessed with the dragons and that one in particular, and she uh, didn't have a long life, but boy, she 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 burned pretty bright. Seems. So this is one of the dragons that's seen old Valyria, the last living being, the last living creature. It's the last. No, I I think uh, Valerian's the last one that was actually hatched in in uh, in Valeria. I think uh, Vagar was hatched over on Dragonstone, um, but she is mm. the last of the dragons that Aegon and his two sisters rode. Uh, huh. Okay. Uh, I thought they had framed it as. Yeah, she. This was the this was the personal mm-hmm. dragon of Visenya, the more warriorish woman of them. Okay, interesting. Um, there's a couple other interesting things happening here. Uh, I found it uh, to, to uh, colored in Damon a little bit more. I think he's flirting with the server here. He like grabs the server's did, arm and like whispers that... into his ear and then smiles at him and looks back at him. As he walks away, that was weird because I had never caught a hint that Damon might be, uh, you know, as changeable Bye. as the flame. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I, yeah, but they but seem I, to be I, saying that there was something there, and it might have been like because he's also an aficionado of wine, so maybe he was like asking, like, "Hey, what am I drinking?" But he can I get the good stuff? You guys got any of that red red wine? Yeah, I don't like this amber shit. Like he, uh-huh. he might have been, t- but but yeah, no, I definitely thought that guy was portrayed as like cute, and the Damon was portrayed as appreciative of it. I think so. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. And I like the little touches they're doing with the wine here, where he winces when he takes a drink of it. You know, because mm-hmm. yeah. you'll find out later. Yeah, he hates the stuff. And I know I mentioned that I think he he does love and admire Lena, but he also is dismissive of her, literally. Like, you mm-hmm. know, they had you know, he listened to her concerns and he kisses her on her belly and he's like, why are you still here? You know, <laughs> and that that was kind of hard to square with the the the. But I, I think it's also kind of like probably how a Lord Husband would act in that. It's like, yeah, I listened to you. I didn't 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 belt you across the face or scream at you. Now take off. Right. Uh, we're kind of burying the lead here because it's shown that they already have two children together and they're about to have a third um apparently damon not as uh impotent as everyone thought yeah situationally impotent let's say more of a psychological uh impotence than it was uh yeah uh, which uh, which i think says quite a bit about uh his relationship with rhea rhea yeah, Raina. There's Raina, Raina and Bella. Bela. Bela's the youngest one that's No, 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 his his right? old wife that he killed. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. R- uh, Rhea, I think. Rhea, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's not that he was impotent and unable to give her a child, although that might be that might be part of it, but I think she just hated him cuz he sucked. Mm. Cuz he did kind of suck. Could but, be uh, I have no, I have no idea how to score that. I, you know, it's it's like it seems like he did have a persistent performance problem. I don't know if it's nerves or because of the situation or whatever, but he we mm-hmm. he couldn't finish with Missara. 
Uh, he never could consummate with Rhea, and he couldn't go through with the act with Rhaenyra either. So mm-hmm. there, there was something there, and it's, he's he's overcome it. Maybe maybe Elaine has been really patient with him. Yeah, I mean, Lena seemed kind of awesome. So I maybe do it was think Lena seems kind of awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So Lena tries to convince Damon not to stay in Pentos. This is a scene with the books, I guess. Um, seems like he's actually reading these books. I don't know. Could be distracting himself from the conversation and the bad wine. But well, she does say that this is what he spends his time doing. That yeah. he just he pours over the stuff, and I think that uh, I do wonder where they're going with this. Like, I yeah. one of the things I wondered in the instant take is if they're going to hint that. Damon is going to independently discover this whole a song of ice and fire prophecy and light a fire under him to like make sure that there's someone strong sitting on the iron throne, maybe himself, um, maybe someone he cares about. Um, maybe yeah. I, I, I don't because like there's none of this like book of shit in the actual book. Like gotcha. Damon is would not be someone caught with a library card, I don't think, as he's depicted in the books. Yeah, I, I will be a little underwhelmed by that because I feel like the former heir should already be well aware of that stuff. Mm. And if he has yeah, to go we, out and discover this through years of research, a decade of research, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Yeah, we talked about that. Like, when does the when does the knowledge get passed from heir to you know from king to heir? Uh, yeah. Do you do you do it as soon as someone is a presumptive heir, and then like what happens when you know like you know uh, that heir gets replaced because you have you actually have a, a child of your own? Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know because again, this is all show stuff. So sure, I'm guessing, but I my 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 guess was that Damon doesn't know that he wouldn't know because Viserys always assumed that he was going to have. You know, he's, I'm young. I got plenty of time with Amo. We're gonna have a bunch of kids. Not I got a all problem. my fingers. Got both of got my, all arms. my fingers. Sure, all, all fingers, both change. nuts. No problem. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, we go to uh, Kristen teaching the royal boys how to fight as Viserys and Lionel watch. He takes it way too far, and Harwin steps in to protect his son. I think this is a difficult scene to decipher exactly what's going on. It took me a couple of watches, a few watches actually really? to really okay. get it. Um, it, it. In my opinion, what's happening here and the whole reason this, you know, uh, situation starts up and flares up like it does is because Harwin sees the training happening and he thinks that Kristen is not doing enough to teach his boys how to fight. He's, I think he's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But mm. I, I don't think it's like expressly spelled out here. Um, there's a line that makes it somewhat clear, but it's mixed in with all of the stuff with Rhaenyra and Kristen too. So I, I think it's a little hard to follow, but I eventually got mm. it. Or it might have just been me. I I thought it was interesting that they still still show there's not any personal animosity between the children as of yet because there's this thing where the boys are passing each other as they're switching targets mm-hmm. and uh Aegon packs pats Luke on his shoulder like you know and and kind of like we'd sm- you'd smack a guy coming off the bench on the butt you know if you're on the basketball team uh, slaps, <laughs> he slaps Jace's uh sword out of his hand though 
Well, but that's later. But like, I'm saying this is the beginning of the scene when they're switching positions. Uh, uh, Luke Luke shoulder checks uh, Amond, uh-huh. and yeah. then uh, J- Jace gets the shoulder pat from. So I thought that was, or maybe I misinterpreted that. Are you saying he slapped the training sword out at the very beginning of the scene? I think Aegon does. Aegon slaps. Oh, yeah, the, shit. The sword I, I, thought, I thought he was just patting him on the shoulder or something. Um, I guess I must, I must have misinterpreted that. Maybe. Um, fuck. I got to go stop podcasting and think about things for a while. <laughs> right. Uh, I had to watch this. I watched this scene like five times, so I'm pretty sure I got it right, but. Um, I also like Viserys because again, you know, this is a guy who's just happy. He's got he's riding high on another birth of another grandson, and he's like got uh, you know uh, the, you know Lionel up there, his best bud. He's like, oh look, this is the stuff, isn't it? You know, I'm sitting here watching my another generation of strong Targaryens, and it just it just literally curdles right in front of him. Yeah, you know. Uh, and especially and Lionel sees all this too, which doesn't fucking matter. The, the annoying thing about everything that Lionel does in this episode is it doesn't matter by the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, it's also interesting that Allison's kids are all wearing the green, the battle battle color of House Hightower. It's oh, yeah. uh, shades of uh, J- Joffrey being a little bit more more Lannister than Baratheon, Baratheon there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, Cole's just a shit. He's bullying these chill, kill, kids. He's yeah. training. He's he's refusing to train Harwin's kids uh, as as a as a personal well, insult to him. Why doesn't Harwin train him himself? Like, maybe he doesn't have the time. Yeah. He's the commander of I the city they, watch. I also think they just kind of hate each other. Like, yeah, there is personal animosity here because Sir Kristen Cole is, is, yeah, I mean, he's super jealous. He is super jealous and bitter mm-hmm. and uh, he hates Rhaenyra and he probably hates Harwin just about as much. Um, yeah. So, I like, I mean, my interpretation is that he's not training these kids so that they will grow up weaker uh, and less capable than Allison's kids. And if it comes to it, if there is a fight, you know, if, if Rhaenyra starts like trying to put the sword to kids they'll be more prepared than uh, Rhaenyra's kids. It could be. I mean, that that's definitely a long-term play. I thought this was more about personally provoking Harwin into doing something stupid, which mm-hmm. mission accomplished, you know? Oh, uh, no, it becomes that by the end of the scene. Yeah. But I think where we start with him not training the the Targaryen boys, uh, Allison's boys as much. Mm-hmm. Or, or sorry, I do wonder uh, doing Rhaenyra's that in front of King if he could, like, he wouldn't get you know, uh, if if the king wouldn't notice, because the king's paying attention. Like when Aegon, you know, like Viserys thought that uh, Aegon was coming a little too high and mighty when he, uh, you know, turns on a Harwin. It's like, how dare you lay a hand on me, the prince? And Viserys yeah, like, Aegon, you know, not, yeah, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. This is. Uh, and then, then the, you know, another thing happened. Even then, Viserys is like, I, I guess that's the thing is, if I was Viserys and the queen comes at me like, he beat a member of the king. Yeah, I remember when your Kingsguard beat the shit out of a lord, and we just kind of looked the other way <laughs> right? on that, and not just beat the shit out, but literally beat, yeah, beat his head in. Yeah, yeah, beat his brains out rather. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I what was the outcome here, though? Harwin steps in at the moment, in my opinion, where it's going to truly get out of control. Where, yeah. Aemon, or sorry, Aegon is about to, I think, Str- kill Jace. 
they're wooden turn they're wooden practice swords but still but you hit a kid in the head with one of those as hard as he looks like he's about to swing it and the books are described having a lead core so they have like a realistic (sighs) weight so like it's it'd be like getting hit with a blackjack and that can be fatal um yeah and uh yeah and i and i I know like i was kind of you know i'm unabashedly a harwin stan and I liked I liked him just beating the fuck out of Christian Cole. And uh, I think I think he probably could take Christian in just a straight up fair fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I he sucker so punches too. him here for sure. But that's what Christian wanted. But I don't know. He beats the piss out of him on the battlefield. I don't know. Because like the thing in the tournament, like I, I I think Sir Christian Cole can can beat about anyone. You know, it's like the it's like the UFC. You know, anytime you're in a anytime hmm. you're in a. Uh, a ring of sorts and you're fighting it who knows what can happen but sure. uh yeah. I, I yeah i think in like it's one of those things like probably eight out of ten times or four out of five times harwin would would win against sir Kristen cole he's just so big and night. strong yeah yeah all right uh let's go over to rhaenyra getting word of the incident in the yard and she sneaks out uh through the secret tunnels and eavesdrops on lionel and harwin arguing about what he did and his relationship with Rhaenyra. You know, I this watching this again, I had the realization that we were supposed to understand that Damon, when whenever we talked that he was using his trademark, uh, you know, vestibule of eavesdropping and is behind the lattice work, that he's literally observing from the secret tunnels. <laughs> okay. Because it's exactly the face. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, I feel stupid now. It's not like he was just standing behind some lattice work that he was. At, it's like. Yes, he was, but it's more complicated mm-hmm. than that. He was literally in a secret passage. He was uh, in the walls. Observing, and yeah. he's in, yeah, Damon's in the walls. Like Dennis watching uh, Frank eat human shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you're an Always Sunny fan. <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, the, they wrote a few episodes of uh, Always Sunny. It's only t- uh, turnabouts, only fair play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh, the, like Lionel again's given the Leela service to his son. Like I'm, yeah. you know, you're saying this and I'm saying that, but like bottom line is people have eyes. People have eyes, boy, and the king for whatever reason is not accepting the truth before his eyes and that flimsy shield alone protects you. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I thought uh, I thought that was great and Rainier, I think this is another scene where she realizes like how close the danger is to her. That yeah. like maybe she thought that she was getting away with something slick and she's, you know, oh, you know, Punnett Squares. And uh, I know we know a family up north that's had three blah, 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 blah. And, and then but she's now for whatever reason, after 10 years thinking, oh, shit, I should have taken a little bit this 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 all a little bit more seriously. <laughs> yeah. Ten years and three brown haired children yeah. finally <laughs> sinking in. Uh, I, the thing that surprised me, I guess, is that she's using the secret tunnels right in front of her servants. So her servants know all about these tunnels now um, mm. or these secret passages in the castle. It's been it's been said by a lot that there is a conspicuous amount of just servant type people just all around. And they're always in the background. And were uh, uh, people are wondering if like, um, you know, I floated uh, there. The people are wondering if there is uh, some connection to Larry Strong. Maybe like if he's, you know, because we Masari's kind of disappeared. Um, it seems like she was an informant to auto only and didn't offer services to uh, hmm. to Allison because Allison seems like to be entirely leaning on Laris. Yeah. So she I laments, wonder, like no one is on her side here. Yeah. 
I'm I'm betting that Larry Strong probably knows a thing or two about these tunnels, and I'm betting he has mm. a lot of the personal staff of King's Landing or the Red Keep in his on his payroll. Yeah, I think it's a tell that all of them are wearing the Beetle uh, brooch. But wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, I was gonna say, I was like, holy shit! I didn't see that. Like, there's yeah. a handmaid wearing the. <laughs> Uh, by the way, since you brought it up, I don't, uh, the, the head off, uh, uh, corrections, uh, HBO realized, cause like a, people are saying, oh, it's a beetle. It's a bee. It's this, it's that. Oh, it's because this, and it's supposed to be a lightning bug, a firefly. Oh, is that sigil? Okay. Sure. Which firefly. we'll talk about when we get to it. Um, oh, the other thing, if I could head off the half a hundred emails I'll get about Amond, this is not the same Amond that's at the wall in the time of Jon Snow. <laughs> Okay, he that would have Amond, to be almost two hundred years old, and that's yeah. That well, I mean, I don't think people like the the, the average person like keeps and keeps uh, track of the timeline and all that. But that that Aemon okay. is going to be born much later of another yeah. generation of Targaryens, and it's it's not the same name, not the same Targaryen. Cool. Uh, Rhaenyra returns to her chambers where Lenor and his friend, his friend Carl, show up. Uh, very drunk and celebrating the war to come with Dorne and the Triarchy. Lenor's looking forward to the adventure of the battle, but Rhaenyra commands him to stay in King's Landing by her side. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like uh, this guy I feel is 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 having a similar thoughts as Damon where he's just restless. Like, I'm a knight. I'm a warrior, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's not just about going off and carousing with Carl. I need to, you know, quicken my blood and and feel the thrill of combat and all that. And also, Rhaenyra is like, "Are you fucking crazy? Like, am I the only one that's gone through the secret passages and heard all the 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 hot goss about us going around? Because we are the uh, we are kind of infamous." Um, I feel like a I, little bit of it is getting Carl out uh, alone on a boat as well. So a, a, lot, a little a bit, but I think I, scenario. I don't like like Rhaenyra says he's had his he's had a I mean, clearly yeah. Carl's here, but also he's had his share, fair share of lusty lads and the finest wines and the most expensive horses like he. Mm-hmm. But I think he yeah, I think he's bored. I think he he wants to go out there and, and be a warrior like he's supposed to be. And he's a good one. You know, we saw him. It, it's not like uh Damon single-handedly won the Battle of Stepstones. He got all the the, the lion's share of the glory, but you know it was uh, it was his strategy and and Sea Smoke that kind of won the day. Yeah, and I think it's um a couple of things are implied here. I think it's implied in Lenor's tone that they have had an argument over whether to stay or leave King's Landing uh, for yeah. Dragonstone over the years, and of course she wanted to stay to make sure that Allison didn't get a hold on her father too deeply but the other thing that's implied here is sort of the unintended consequences of being the secret father the secret non-father of Mm. these kids right he has to make it look like he is there for his children and his wife his family um he can't just go off and live in dragonstone or some other place to be away from all this drama uh he's got to stick by their side yeah to your point about the servants uh, observing a passage, I thought it was interesting that Rhaenyra seems to be 
like lower your tone and don't talk this way, even though they're in their inner chambers and utter privacy. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's because she's like, well, if I know about the tunnels and I can listen in, who else knows about them? (laughs) And she just she just eavesdropped on a conversation where Lionel was yelling about it. So I think she understands the sound carries a bit. Exactly. Um, They mentioned that there's this new Tyroshi general who uh, dyes his beard purple and wears women's frocks. I I wonder if that's a fun reference to the book description of Dario Naharis. I was wondering about that too, yeah. Because he's got the famous triple-forked purple beard, the mm-hmm. flashy gold tooth, and he's described as very flamboyant in his dress to mm-hmm. where you could see like a maybe a... <laughs> it is funny this gay man is like talking talking shit about this, this guy. The flamboyancy who's a, of somebody else. Who's yeah. living an, an unconventional lifestyle across the sea, but... Uh-huh. Uh, it just go. It just goes to show. Um, but yeah, I, I and 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 e- even if it's the the Tyroshi tend to be kind of that. You know, they they dye their hair and their beards crazy colors: uh, gold, uh, purple, scarlet, blue. Uh, so I, I thought that was a, a kind of little fun fun reference. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Lena's daughter trying to hatch her dragon egg. She feels left out without a dragon. And Damon is ignoring her. Uh, that's not helping. Lena confronts, or sorry, comforts her, and then goes to Damon to give him the news about Rhaenyra's latest child and try and convince him again to go back to Westeros. Yeah. Does he write that he bear, that his son bears a remarkable likeness to the commander of the City Watch? <laughs> mm-hmm. Surprise, um, surprise. I was disappointed. I don't know why I... I don't know why I like Damon. He's such a shit. But he, I was disappointed to hear that he's only paying attention to the daughter that has a dragon. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is just left and then neglected. And that 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 that's sad. It is. And, and it's so sad, too, the way like this is this is the daughter trying to seek the approval of her father, too. Right. right. Like, trying to hatch this dragon, holding it up just desperately, hoping me. the fire will he will hatch it. That's sad. Yeah, they, they they drop some dragon lore on us. Apparently, half of all dragon eggs don't hatch. Wow. It's a, uh, and, and apparently, they don't lay that many clutches, too, because like dragon eggs are still as, as, as many as uh, we've met eight, I think, by my count. We haven't seen we've 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 there been referenced eight. We've seen seven because okay. we didn't see uh, they, they name checked uh, Aegon's dragon uh, Sunfire, but we haven't seen him yet. The, the prettiest dragon in all the realm. Um, but like, you know, you think with all those dragons and countless, you know, there's, there's even more on Dragonstone and there's more in the dragon pits. You'd think they, they would have a steady supply of eggs, but mm-hmm. still a short supply. Uh, yeah, that's why Viserys says it's a handsome gift mm-hmm. in this next scene here. Yeah, and he's uh, the other thing that disappointed with Damon is like, you know, not only is he dismissive to, to Lena here, but he's also kind of cu- cruel. You know, every time she tries to show some genuine concern about, like, you're not sleeping, you know, he's like, well, how can I with you hanging, you know, uh, lurking about, like, you know, putting everything on her. He's a real, real dick. He is, for sure. Uh, But he's fun to watch. I agree with you. He is fun to watch. I don't necessarily like him, but I enjoy watching him. And he's not an out and out villain. He's just a real, he's just a real selfish prick. And, but she gets him. She scores a point where she's like, well, you can talk whatever shit you want, but you are not you are more you are you are not the man that i married and you're more than this damon 
Mm-hmm. And I think that scores a point with him because that's yeah. that's kind of the, the the reason he is kind of like searching for something, some meaning to do with his life. Because he, mm-hmm. he he sees himself as destined for greatness, and look at it—he's just you know playing second-rate cell dragon cell sword over here. Yeah, it's that second son complex. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. over on the small council, Rhaenyra and Allison have a disagreement over a small matter, and it blows up into a bigger disagreement about how to handle the triarchy. Rhaenyra apologizes and offers an alliance via marriage between her eldest son, Jaceris, and Allison's daughter, Helena, as well as a dragon egg for Aemond. Uh, Allison says, yeah, we'll consider it, and then dis- afterward discusses Rhaenyra's proposal with Viserys. He is in favor, she is not. Surprise, surprise. Uh, she's got the unfortunate milk leaking situation that, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, like all the all the lords like, oh, God, you know, we're, we're freshly reminded of woman's on the council. <laughs> right. Um, she's like, I, oh, seven hells or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, I I thought that it was, it's interesting that Allison's on the the table, too. I, I wonder if she mm-hmm. muscled her way as soon, like, you know, how long it took past the previous episode for her to muscle her way onto the council. Because it seems like, well, if Rhaenyra is going to be there, I'm going to fucking be there. Yeah. Um, this is this oh, is their battlefield now, right? Yeah. Also, we see there's been some changes as, as a lot of people. Uh, we, we still have uh, uh, oh God, Tyland Lannister as the master of ships. Mm-hmm. We still got Lord Beesbury as the master of coin. For how much uh, longer? It's hard to say. But. Yeah. And is, is he even still there? Yeah. I wasn't sure if he was deaf or starting his mind starting to slip but uh yeah we also we also have uh, J- uh lord jasper wild who is the new master of laws he gets a line i don't think he's actually credited hmm. or he's named but this is uh the guy who um guy uh, with a very dark talk- beard yeah the guy that talks about how you can't trust the door and 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 when and, and questions where damon is and all this that's jasper wild he's called the iron rod uh the maesters say because of his strict and unyielding code of justice as the ma- master of laws. Uh, but mushroom says it's because of the stiffness of his prick. Sure. Uh, Both. Can I be report true. you decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what do you think? We also have a, a, a new young grand maester. This is uh, we had maester Malos. Uh, this was uh, Orwile who was the guy who was always asking, hey, can we cauterize this instead of this? Hey, can we try this remedy instead of the same shit we've all been doing? And I wonder if the reason Viserys is still upright and doing as well as he was in this episode is because we got some we got some new new blood with some new thoughts and new ideas in here. Yeah, they they didn't say, oh, he's got a cough. Leech him. Yeah, Uh, he looks terrible, but he wasn't alive. He didn't collapse even once this episode. He did not. That's that's progress, in my opinion. But, but he was also only on his feet for like five seconds. Most of the time he spent uh, on a chair under a bunch of furs. So, yeah. I, yeah. Plus, there, yeah. he's got less weight. Uh, you know, the, how much True. does an arm weigh, right? You True. could probably collapse yeah. just under the weight of an arm. That might make the Literally difference. Literally dead weight. Get get out of there. Get out mm-hmm. of there. Um, but uh, I did, So, I, I question Rhaenyra's political strategy of give him three or four solid body shots to the queen and her chosen strategy. And then at the last minute trying, like if you knew mm-hmm. you were going to offer this, yeah. yeah. Why then this, maybe this is Rhaenyra's old impatience and the fact that like her and Alicent are beyond being done with each other. But if you're going to make this handsome offer, 
uh, why not just for one fucking small council session, let everything slide. Just yeah. just butter up the queen a little bit. Yeah, I agree um, with her. So, yes, I agree with the queen's assessment. Because, um, yeah, Allison just openly seething like everything that she says. Just, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. She'd say, you know, it's like there's nothing that Rainier because I, I think Rainier's given, you know, for on a, on a scale of one to strong, she's given pretty leal advice to the king as far as, you know, it's. Yeah, I think Allison, Allison has lost her damn mind here, like saying, oh, we can't afford to pin down the most valuable economic location right. in the entirety of your civilization as far as i can tell right right that's that's insanity saying you can't afford that while viserys is off making 10-year models of of solid <laughs> marble seems a little hard sure. to swallow sure how much how much do the people have to sacrifice for that thing huh yeah uh, I thought it was interesting to watch Lord Strong's face during this, though, because Viserys mm, is just yeah. completely in love with this idea. But Lord Strong is. Maybe it's because he sees it as the like, I think Rhaenyra is taking this as an open offer. I'm marrying my firstborn heir to the king uh, to your or heir to me, who will be queen to your daughter, making mm. her guaranteeing that she'll be queen. But I think a lot of people in the room are like, hey, why don't you marry my bastard? Why don't you take your pure blooded, uh, you know, rightful uh, uh, and, and, and true born son, uh, daughter and marry him off to my bastard who is going to who is to in line for the throne. Let's not forget that. Right. It's not like it's a non offer. Her- it's not like it's insulting. <sighs> if. If the realm had any hope of backing her in a succession war, this whole bastard children and the fact that it's such an open secret and she's been so careless guarding it. Like, I I think her position is so fucking precarious here. Yeah. And to her credit, she knows she Uh knows she does. Yeah, I'm I mean, this is like if you want to look at it long term, this is probably the best possible scenario is to just Mm. marry the two houses together. And they eventually become one on the throne. But yeah, yeah, it's just trying to do. You can't. You can't at this point. It's too far gone. The relationship mm-hmm. for the third scene in a row of a series sees his hopes dashed and another piece of him dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this time it's toes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it be his left foot. <laughs> and, then, and then you're all off balance. I mean, you can't lose that much of your left side and still stand. Uh Allison, yeah, this is a scene where she calls uh, Rhaenyra's kids plain featured. C- so clearly, funny. somebody has a thing for Targaryens. We were wondering if it was Damon. I think it's Allison. She's mm. got that Targaryen fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you else acquired taste or? through exposure. <laughs> Fair. There's still lots of hot D left to talk about. We'll be right back after the break. And now, back to Hot D. All right, next up, Lionel tries to resign as Hand of the King, but he refuses to say why he wants to resign, um, which is, of course, because the rumors of Harwin and Rhaenyra are true. Mm. So Viserys refuses his resignation, and then Lionel asks to escort Harwin back to Harrenhal, which Viserys grants. Because that's the thing, Viserys isn't stupid. Like, there's that thing at the end where he's like, yeah, that'd probably be best if he's just gone. You know, mm-hmm. like he's not going to come and out his daughter. He's not going to hear people talk. But like I, I like I said, it's it's not that Viserys is willfully blind. He just loves Rhaenyra and doesn't want this shit to blow up. And 
Yeah. He's he's being willfully ignorant here, but he knows it. He in truth, he knows it's it's Yeah, thing. he's 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 ignorant, but it, it's 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 a it's a guess a calculated ignorance maybe is how you'd say it. Sure. Yeah. Um and uh, I was so angry when Lionel resigned uh or tried to resign. I was like, god damn it. This is the one guy I like. I don't want mm-hmm. him to a leave the story. Right. Uh, so I I would get less of him. And B, I think Viserys needs this guy around. He does. And then by the end, all of my hopes and dreams were dashed. That's the thing. Like, what a roller coaster for you. I because, <laughs> because like, I was like, when he's like, let me take him back to higher hall. I'm like, oh, no, we're at this point in the story. And because oh. I knew he died. It's it's a fact in the book that he and uh, Harwin die at Heron Hall. Uh-huh. But in Fire and Blood fashion it was the archmaester trying to figure out what the fuck happened you know here gotcha. are the prime suspects is it damon because he was wanting to clear a a, a path to to you know uh, to, to his niece again he's 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 trying to fixate on that was it um uh was it the king himself who thought this was a tidy way to this mm. you know to disabuse all the suspicion was it this person was it this person that's fucking larry strong yeah yeah, it was a huge roller coaster. Because I'm like, oh no, he's resigning, and I'm on the downhill. And then the king won't let him. I'm back on the upswing. Yeah. And yeah. then by the end of the episode, okay, he's getting Harwin out of here too. That's important. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then all all hope lost by the end. God, who is there to root for? Who is there to root for? Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. I guess. Vagar, uh, I'm on Team Vagar. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm gonna just root for the dragons from now on. Yep, Can't go wrong yep. rooting for dragons. They're, they're good boys and girls, Jim, and they won't, they won't, they won't do us dirty. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Allison meets privately with Laris Strong, where she tells him of her problems and laments that no one in King's Landing is taking my side. In all of King's Landing, is there no one to take my side? Which I like this line a lot because. This immediately calls back to where we left her as a kid, right? Um, with Larry whispering in her ear and and trying to prove that he is the ally that she needs when she was in another low moment after having just lost her father uh, as Hand of the King. Th- this is all calling back to that. And she's, it's amazing to me that she's feeling yet again after 10 years that she still has no allies. Right. Yeah. Um, and it also it's quite, ironic she's been... saying it in the face of the man who is her one ally. Yeah. And it's, it's also like they've, they've shown that this has been uh, a cozy relationship that's built up over mm-hmm. the years. You know, they're having private dinners together. Uh, this was and very she's got shit. Kristen Cole. She's got tons of allies. I don't know what she's, she's got talking about. allies. She's got definitely, she's got allies. Uh, this is very shades of uh, Henry the second, you know, the famous, uh, uh, you know, who will asking the, his lords rhetorically who will rid me of this troublesome priest who is excommunicating all my favorite bishops and stuff and then surprise surprise mm-hmm. four of his lords go and kill the dude uh and he he yeah he just but do you i think allison is this might be the last of her wretched naivete mm-hmm. but like i thought that what larry is right on that she was asking him make a move to get my father back into West uh, in, in King's Landing because I got to have I got to have somebody being leal to me. Hmm. I viewed it more as her just venting 
Really? But I'm not like. I don't think she was on board with burning two men to death and God knows how many yeah, servants. Like I think that not. was, but like I think that she was hoping that he would maneuver and maybe, yeah, I'm trying to say, what would he do? Like reveal the secret of Harwin? Uh, no, that because that would. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know. Maybe then it's just I guess like then then you just let the chips fall where they may. And how would Vasir, you know, like Larry yeah. would do it in a Climb way that, that is, is sneaky and wouldn't come back on her probably. But yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I didn't read it as a request. I read it as a uh, vent session like mm. she did with Kristen. You know, she's it's talking shit because she's frustrated. Um, Man, I was really hoping that we would have a, a, a Larry and, and Harry brother show like we had yeah. Tyrion and uh, that's the thing, man. I am and Jamie and now it's gone because I. I that I, like I said, there's a big theory that Laris is behind the fire, but I, because like, I, they'd shown them being pretty warm relationship and yes, uh, you know, not like hating each other or anything. And so I'm like, oh, well, then yeah, probably not. It's probably Damon, probably that fucker. Um, but now it's like, wow, they're really, really painting him dark. Like this, this monologue he gives at the end is psychotic. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're having people to love you is just a weakness. It's just an entanglement. It's better to be unencumbered so you could just take anyone out at any time, my queen. Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking threat on top of like, <laughs> holy moly. He's like, I did everything that you want. And also, there's nobody I can't touch in this realm, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> including queens, he, maybe. He's got to realize, though, that she is his only path to power currently right he would have to set up something else to replace her if he were ever going to make a move so again this is this is not book speculation because uh i i I discounted the fact that he was an uh that he was the culprit here but i felt like at the end of that scene that he'd kind of trapped allison too because he's got like he he could he could make her complicit in this sin that he's like, I was just doing what the queen wanted me to do. What loyal servant of the realm wouldn't do that? I even put my own father and brother to the sword. You know, that's how loyal I am. And it would make her look real bad. And I think she realizes that calculus. So, like, yes, he is her only path of power. But not only does she owe him something, but also I think she's afraid of him because he can. I, I, yeah, there's definitely an implied threat when he says, I, I feel certain you will reward me. Yeah, there's an implied threat in there. I I do agree with that. Um, Yeah, we can talk about that more when we get there. I guess we kind of skipped ahead a bit. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Here's the other thing about this conversation that I I found weird. Um, It's it's when, you know, she tells him, uh, Larry, that Lionel tried to resign and Viserys said no. And Lionel or sorry, Laris's response here is his honor has always been a millstone around his esteemed neck. And I'm like, seriously, dude, he was the second most powerful person in the entire kingdom. He literally couldn't rise any higher than he did. And now suddenly his honor that got him there is a millstone around his neck. That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird it's, way to look at it. It's f- fucked up. Like maybe he's like, he should have, should have kept climbing. You're so close to the, the, the throne. I wouldn't have stopped, you know, I don't, I don't know. Cause you're right. That, that's a good way to <laughs> there, look at there it. There is no path to the throne for yeah. him. He literally yeah. rose as high as he possibly could. I did like his speech but. about the, the truth has many flavors. Like, yeah, the King knows, but he knows in a way that's not going to have his daughter doomed to exile and death. 
Mm-hmm. And like that, that whereas Alicent is extremely black and white at this point, which yeah. is going to probably hamper her political ambitions. If I were to guess. Yeah. Um, and this is the scene I was talking about where Allison states that she would not turn a blind eye to her children's transgressions. And I think that's true based on what we saw uh, mm-hmm. her do with Aegon over the pig joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing that is a little disturbing here is Allison's talking about not having her daddy around so that he can be partial to her. So she's all pissed off. I'm yeah, that's kind of scary. Like she's OK with bias as long as it works in her favor, but it's not currently. Yeah. So she's getting all pissy about it. Yeah, she wants that leal service, but only to her, mm-hmm. not to the Which, realm. Fair, I understand it, but also that's that's not that's not going to make me like you anymore for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that's a little more silly here is there's a servant who walks in, and you know they're in the middle of this very serious and very sensitive conversation, and so Allison's like, "Not now," and sends her away. If you're the servant, how long do you wait before you try again? Like 10 minutes? You give them 10 minutes, you walk back in and maybe get your head taken off? I think the correct literally. answer is you set, you stand near the door until Larry comes out and then you check in. Okay. That makes sense. Or or if you get called in, I guess, yeah, then you yeah, go yeah, in. Yeah, but yeah, they ring the bell. Yeah. I don't think you try a second time before something changes. Mm-hmm. But what if he uses the secret passages? She could be standing out there all night if he goes through yeah. one of the walls. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like if, but I don't think he's not that stupid, right? He's. Not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't Give think away so. If game. he's seen, he needs to go out the front door. Yeah. All right. Laris goes to the dungeons where he picks out a few prisoners who are to be executed and offers them mercy in exchange for cutting out their tongues and working for him. And they accept. Uh, and here's where we see the very conspicuous, what I thought was a beetle. Apparently, it's a firefly walking stick, making sure that you know that in the next scenes where they burn Heron Hall or the the castle Heron or whatever, uh, it's connected to Laris. One of the valid criticisms, there's some valid criticism I've seen in the show. One of the valid criticisms I saw of this particular episode is how stupid is it that this spy guy is mm-hmm. conspicuously tying his minions to himself, his personal sigil. And to that, I reply, yeah. you're right. That's indefensible. It's, it's pretty but, dumb. But I also think it's going to be useful to, for us as audience members to track his minions. And the, like. And, and it's very mm-hmm. easy for us. Like It's, it's kind of like a Clark Kent Superman thing. You're supposed to understand that like this is, this is super spycraft in Westeros, even though it's patently ridiculous that someone wouldn't recognize Superman the second he puts on fucking glasses. You know, totally. It's, he's just got to either. It's like, this is one of those suspension of disbelief. You either got to go with it that nobody would ever, you know, like you, you take the trouble to cut these guys tongues out and then you label them how, you know, house house, Larry strong. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. I think the only reason this is silly is because it matches the symbol on his cane. And if it didn't, if it was yeah. just, a symbol that he used to denote personally. Yeah, I mean, even then, why, why, why put yeah. a symbol on them at all? It, but, it, de facto, if they, any of them get caught, it's a de facto conspiracy. Yeah, you know, if it's just one guy gets caught and the other guys, and but you know they're all wearing the same fucking pin. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think that the firefly is a nice touch because its torch burns green, 
But it's not a steady source of light. It flickers on and flickers mm. off, and I and I think it's kind of showing his he's he is her leal servant, but he can turn that ba- that beacon off and on in an instant. Uh, I think yeah. that's where they're going with this, anyway. All right, let's move over to Lena trying to give birth to another child, but it goes wrong. Uh, she can't, and in order to, I guess die what she considers a dragon rider's death. She goes out to Vagar and has him Dracaris her and the baby to death. Uh, this obviously is them putting the exact same decision that the Ceres had to make with Emma uh, to, to Damon. Um, yeah. You know, lose them both or try to save the baby. He doesn't have to make that choice because she makes it for him uh, and really makes it for, for herself is the the key thing that's here. the key because I, yeah. I i think it's pretty clear that I, I think damon i don't think damon had any interest in in using the the knife and all that kind of stuff personally because um, i don't think he has an interest in having another kid or even the nah, ones he's got already he cares about yeah. a succession at this point maybe if he ever got an iron throne he'd, he'd, he'd change his tune but i i agree i did think it was funny that she was able to escape essentially <laughs> <laughs> in this right. condition she is rushes from her bed and gets out to to vagar uh also i want to point out you did misgender vagar uh that's a she dragon oh. okay but you can be you can be forgiven because apparently the only way the maesters mark which one is a dragon and which one's a she dragon is if a dragon happens to lay eggs they make a note that oh yeah this turns out is a is a her so they don't know until after the fact I think so. I think that's canonical. Someone, hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't intend to do this dissertation until you, until you called the uh, Vegar a he. <laughs> uh-huh. So like, but I'm pretty sure okay. that that's Vagar's that's she. made a point in the world of ice and fire. I mean, that, I uh, wouldn't want to go poking around the sensitive bits of dragons either. Yeah, to try and you want to go sex a dragon? Sex. How's no. that work? No, no, uh-huh. a chicken maybe a dragon? No, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought we this... have two births in one episode, right? This is this is supposed to bookend or mirror what's happening with uh Rhaenyra as well so yeah and, and it's, it's it also is nice uh, uh an, an interesting mirror of the pilot because you know uh-huh. we had a big uh you know um uh death and childbirth there but this is you know she said she wanted to go out like a dragon rider and in the end she does and I liked I thought it was cool mm-hmm. that Vagar is kind of like confused and like you want me to what now and but then also yeah. I think you understand that the dragon kind of gets it like oh this is mm-hmm. you know uh, th- this, this, this is already a, something that's happening this is a merciful that's the way I got it it'd be so funny if she ate her though <laughs> uh, but she didn't. She didn't. She left her smoking corpse there, uh, and so did Damon. Damon left her smoking corpse out there to be exposed as well. <laughs> to be fair, it's hot. It's still very hot. It's true. That's dragon fire ashes, man. Yeah. Um, but I also Damon, like I think he was out there to what stop her because he acted shocked and saddened that. Uh, I think I so. I, I like I said, there's. There was a tenderness there when he said, my poor, brave girl, when he realized that this is going to be the end and, and his shock mm-hmm. and sorrow. I, I, I think he's again, I, I, I don't think this is for show. I think he did le- love and admire Lena as much as he could in his damaged state. Yeah, I mean, he married her at some point, right? I mean, they clearly were fond of each other somewhere along the way. I do wonder where he got this coldness, though, because like it's yeah. the opposite of Viserys. Viserys is super warm and like all about the family. And, you know, I don't I'd never heard I never got the idea that Balon was like some bastard that didn't love his kids and didn't 
Yeah, Damon just gone gone bad, man. Second son syndrome. Second son syndrome. Uh, all right. Harwin says goodbye to Rhaenyra and his children who have only now figured out that he's their father. At least the eldest of them has. Rhaenyra's answer is not great to like, am I a bastard, mommy? <laughs> well, <laughs> you're a Targaryen and that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this kid's like 10. Lie to him. All right. <laughs> I think yeah. it's I think it's appropriate to to tell to tell white lies to children when the truth is devastating. You know, wait till he's older if he if he, if he wants to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rhaenyra goes to Lainor uh, to tell him that it's time to leave King's Landing for Dragonstone. Lainor doesn't want to leave his paramour behind, so Rhaenyra allows him to bring Carl, which I thought was sweet, especially after so it, losing her lover. This is. This is insane from Rainier's perspective. To insane, yeah, like things are this bad. Your father is in poor health. You're going to flee the capital. Oh yeah, no, she's feeling the pressure and she's just cutting and running. She's scared. She's folding. I think this is just yeah. a bad. This is just bad. This is, is politically bad. This is run. You know, this is and then and it's, it's also look corruption. Super bad. Of, the timing of it because she leaves right, right. as Harwin leaves. Right. And it's going to be pretty obvious that, like, there's nothing left for her in King's Landing. So she left now that. Well, not and there. They're, they're bastardizing Corliss's quote, which is a wise sailor uh, sails around or meets it head on. But they mm-hmm. don't let the storm catch him unawares. He this now that's changed into a wise sailor flees or before runs. the storm arrives. Yeah. Corliss approach still gets you to your destination. Yeah. Rhaenyra and Lenor has lost sight of their destination. And it's just like by getting out. And I think that mm-hmm. is telling that the Corliss had the right of it and they fucked it up. They fucked up his wise words. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but I, I don't know. I like seeing Lenor happy. I feel like Lenor has done nothing to deserve any of the shit storm that's oh, going down God, on him. No. So no. when he gets a little bit of, you know, uh, niceties from Rhaenyra here, I'm happy yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Lionel and Harwin are burned to death in their sleep. This this is all going to take place under a sort of a, a narration from Laris that we'll get to at the end of the scene. But they're burned to death in their sleep. Rhaenyra and her entourage arrive at Dragonstone. Viserys misses Amma. He's kissing the ring and crying. Uh, Damon has no words for his children uh, over their mother's death. But Laris has words about those children, about all children. He says... Um, he also has some words about what happened to Harwin and Lionel, claiming that Allison wished for their deaths mm-hmm. and that she should write to her father now. Um, a, a lot of stuff here. I, I was definitely wrong about Lionel maybe not dying in this. I, I assumed that there was some escape here for him because I don't know why they would have adjoining rooms, didn't have exits out. I don't think that's what we're supposed to understand happened. There, there was a were both- fire in the hallway, too. That- just that they had set that wing on fire and it had gone, but like they, they were essentially barricaded in their rooms with no way out. They could jump okay. out the window. Either and die. way, they cart out two bodies conspicuously yes. at the end of the scene yeah. that are definitely supposed to be Harwin and Lionel. So, yeah, yeah, I, I thought so in sure. the first night, but but yeah, plus I also knew in the books that they both died in this fire. Yeah, so. Fair, <laughs> that helps. Yeah, um, but they can always pitch curveballs in this show, they don't always go right down the middle. Yeah, I think it's super interesting looking at how Rhaenyra 
approaches Dragonstone. You know, she's got her whole, her whole entourage here. She doesn't look happy about having this castle. She looks almost trepidatious about going in there. She should be. She's running away from the field of battle, and it's a mistake. Yeah, but you would show that by her looking longingly back at King's Landing, mm. or, or, but, but arriving at the new destination and looking at it as if it's something to be feared. I, I think doesn't convey quite the same idea. Yeah, this is more like there's right. an ominous quality to Dragonstone itself. Hmm. Um, but I could be wrong about that. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And then, boy, what do you say about Laris? <laughs> Crazy fucker. He has no... He has no... I mean, if you can't count on... Like, again, there's no evidence that, like, Harwin bullied this guy or that Lionel thought he was a piece of shit because he had the club foot um nope. seemed like he was supported his son got him a position in the black cells i think i think you're supposed to understand that he's the as i mentioned the lord high confessor at this point um there's no evidence that there's any reason for him to hate his like you know his his brother and his father and maybe he yeah. doesn't maybe he's just like a dexter type and he's just like this is just mm-hmm. uh you know this is just I'm, I'm essentially doing an Excel spreadsheet here. Yeah, and he's sacrificing guys, a pawn to get yeah. <laughs> get in position for the checkmate. Yeah, it's whew, but he's not rough. wired. There's not wired in any way that I could understand, and that's yeah. got to probably be scary to Allison too, because mm-hmm. Allison is many things, but she is not a psychotic person. You know, doesn't seem like it. Yeah, uh, Laris clearly helped these assassins get inside Heron Hall. I, I or the castle at Heron is that is that what it's called? It's Heron Hall. It's Heron Hall. I thought okay, Heron Hall. It's is Heron the, area, the Black's castle, also known as Heron Hall. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, he helped them get inside, but I guess how is the question? Secret tunnels? Because he wasn't there, he couldn't use his authority or familial connection to get him in. So he must have just. It does show that in. he has some pretty wide ranging power too, maybe. Or knowledge of of Heron Hall of his home. Um, that he could have used That's to true. sneak this, them in. You're you're on 100 right too. He that is his home. He grew up yeah. there, so he knows it better than anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing more of this, but God, there are not a lot of people to root for at no. this point. No. And one of them that I'm rooting for is clearly on death's door, Viserys. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many you got any over unders on how many episodes he he makes it. What are we? Four from the end? Seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, four more. Two more. I think he's going to die in two episodes. Hmm. I know that's that's. You would say three because the penultimate episode is always the one where shit goes wild. But True. I'm saying two. Going to surprise us. Yeah, it's. I've been. I I keep on readjusting where I think they're going to end the season at. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's. Uh, I, I'm wondering if if they will let it, let him go over all the way to the penultimate and just you know the, we're going to save all of the real dance until the next season. Uh, and the biggest question is, does Otto come back? Can can Viserys welcome him back after this? Yeah, he Viserys. This is his hand. Like, yeah. really, Allison has a lot of power and a lot of soft power and even a lot of seems like a hard power at this point. But she can't make the king take him back his hand if he thinks he's full of shit so we'll see we'll see I'm, I'm wondering how much politics will be played there and 
what the hand's and, demeanor is going to be now that he's been brought back. Is he going to be a little bit more? Because he's kind of toady before. Is he going to be have a little bit more flexing, a little bit more swagger? And and these circumstances are suspicious at best, right? Like, okay, I get it. Fires can just happen, but boy, it's this is the hand of the king. This is a direct attack on the king himself. If there's any suspicion that someone perpetrated this, I'm curious to see if there is going to be suspicion. Yeah, me too. I, I really want to know, is Viserys going to look at this event and say someone is coming at us? Yeah. Or is he just going to be like, well, fires happen. Yeah. <laughs> give give me the next hand. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure if would that be willful ignorance or would that be the skill of Larry the strong, you know? Yeah. Good question. Anything else to talk about, Jim? No, I think that's about it. We're going to take a couple days uh, off to let the uh, feedback collect. If you'd like to send us your thoughts on this episode or uh, anything, really, uh, regarding the House of Dragon, uh, hotd at baldmove.com is where you want to send those emails. We'll be back Thursday to discuss all your thoughts, any additional thoughts we have, and also have a Maester's Corner um, where I think Anthony's going to talk about uh, (laughs) the view of blood and semen. He said hmm. he texted me this morning. I'm like, okay, so it's essentially the Metallica load cover. Yes, uh, correct. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about that, and then I think I'm I'm gonna do a little bit of Dreamfire egg speculation in the Maester's corner. So look forward to that. Uh, Hot D at baldmove.com for the feedback. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com/baldmove to keep up with all of our schedules and releases. And uh, if you want to get this ad free. If you want to join in on our uh, very fabulous Instant Talk live reaction podcast uh, each Sunday after the episode, uh, check out our support page, support.baldmove.com. Find out about joining the club. Until Thursday, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.